Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week we'll talk about why we should deal with anything negative right away. And I apply my four tendencies framework to various <laughs> famous characters from real life movies and books with a special emphasis on Game of Thrones. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, the sage, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., but today I'm in New York, my favorite place in the world. Yes. I am with you live. We can look at each other. Yep. It's so much fun. We're, yes. we're going to get spoiled. I know. I know. We've gotten to do lots yes, of recording together lately. Have. That is so fun. Now, here is an update from something that we talked about in episode 215. Elizabeth, I gave myself a demerit about forgetting to use delay delivery mm. so that I'm not bombarding people with email over the weekends and holidays. And several people suggested something that I have to confess had never occurred to me, mm. which is to put a line in the signature of my email saying something like, I like to work at odd hours, but don't feel obliged to respond unless it's during the regular work week or whatever. Ah. So do you think people actually read what's in a signature? I always read what's in a signature. You do? Yes, I do. And one thing I do, Gretchen, if mm. you didn't want to do that, yeah. is I put for Monday in the subject line. Mm. So that, like, you don't even have to know what the subject is. Right. The subject is for Monday. Oh, it doesn't even, like, say for Monday, you know, podcast Monday. planning right. or something. No, like it just okay. says for Monday. And oh. then the person knows it's not anything they have to look at until Monday. See, the reason why that might not work for me is part of my problem is I don't even realize it's the weekend a lot of time because I don't oh, think about my Because right. my yes. day is so much, my work right. feels very much the same. So yes. a lot of times it doesn't even occur to me to note the day of the week. Yeah, so maybe you should have a signature line. Maybe I should have a signature line. Now I have to remember how to go back and bust with my signature, but I think I can figure that out. Yeah, but yeah it's an ongoing issue. It, but again, I thought what was great about this is like, don't try to change yourself. Right. Like, don't be like, Gretchen, stop emailing on the weekend. Say like, Gretchen, given the fact that you will yes. relentlessly yeah. email, how can you set yes. it up so that it doesn't bother other yeah. people? Oh, I think it's a good like idea. Like some kind of automated. Okay, yeah, so thank you listeners. Uh, I have to say that was a whole new idea for me. Now, I want to remind everyone that Mother's Day is coming up very soon. So if you need a gift for a mother in your life that's quick, easy, free, and yet very valuable. And invaluable, yes, dare we say. Priceless. Yeah. <laughs> give the gift of a podcast. Yes, go to giftofpodcast.com. If you enter your email, you'll get a two-page kind of certificate. One is a page that you can fill out for the mother in your life with a podcast, you know, to, from, and the podcast that you think she'll love, like whether it's binge mode or... Bitch sesh. Bitch sesh or whatever you think your mother would like. So that's like something you can like tie a ribbon around and give it as a gift, like a gift card or something. And then the second page is a cheat sheet on how to subscribe. If you need to help that person subscribe or if they want to have something to refer to, if they don't remember how to subscribe after you show them. And Gretch, I wouldn't be a good sister if I didn't point out that your books also oh. make great Mother's Day <laughs> gifts. All of them. Yes, thank you very much. That's great. Um, and another gift, we have heard through the grapevine that there are mother-daughter pairs who are coming to our yes. live events. This is like if you're looking for like a little mother-daughter adventure, come to one of our live shows. Go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for all the information. Detroit, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, we are coming your way. Though, Alyssa, I think Minneapolis is sold out. Yes, yeah. it is sold okay. out. 
out, but you could bring your mom to Milwaukee or to Detroit and have a great bonding yeah, evening. Exactly, exactly. Now, try this at home this week. Now, this tip, Elizabeth, is about dealing with the downsides. Mm. And this is the tip that if there's something negative that you have to grapple with, do it right away, even if you feel like putting it off so that it stops bringing you down. What's interesting to me about this try this at home tip is that it feels very obvious. Yes. And yet I feel like so many of us don't do this. It's like the lesson that you need to learn over and over again. Yeah, because if something's negative, like your instinct is to turn away from it and postpone it and to yes. think like, I'll deal with it later and yes. I don't want to, I don't, you know, I don't want to. Bury it in yeah, the yeah, sand. Yeah, but the problem is, is then you have to keep re-experiencing it over and over. Yeah. Like I had this because somebody sent in a very critical email and so I needed to respond and I'm like, I should make myself respond to this right away so I can respond and mm. delete the email mm-hmm. because if I keep seeing it in my email inbox, yes. then every time I see it, I'm going to get that little jolt of bad feeling. Why would I keep rejolting myself when I could just, to mix the metaphors, I could just bite the bullet, <laughs> get rid of the jolt, um, eliminate myself from this whole, you know, negative sensations. Yeah, it's funny, Gretch. I just went through this recently because I won't go into all the details, but the WGA, which is a guild I belong to, is having a conflict with the agencies. Yeah, this um, has been a huge story huge in the media. Huge story, yes. Yeah. And as a result of this, Sarah and I had to sign a letter basically saying we were no longer going to be represented for writing by our agency until they are in compliance with uh, what the WGA wants. And we love our agent, Matt. We've been with him for 20 years. If you listen to Happier in Hollywood, he's he's on Happier in Hollywood. um, But we had to sign this letter. And so we both wanted to do it like the minute it was available. No, no, I was with you. Remember, we were in Kansas City. Yes. We were in Kansas City. I was doing an event. Alyssa came and joined me. And we were sitting at the dining room. We were just sitting around chatting, all of us, like drinking coffee. And you looked down at your phone and you're like, oh, here's the letter. I have to sign it and send it. You were like, I got to get this thing out right away. Just because it was so unpleasant that Sarah and I just were like, let's just get it done so we don't have to like say, when are we going to do it? Should we do it now? Because we had to do it. And I will say Adam like wasn't signing his because, you know, unlike me, he'll put things off. And it gives me such anxiety because I have to keep thinking about the fact that he has to sign it. It's all just so unpleasant. Yeah. It's still unpleasant, the whole situation, but at least that's done. And I don't have to think about it. Well, and you don't have to look at it or kind of be confronted with it. I guess there's a proverb, which I had never heard until recently. The stewing is worse than the doing. Mm, And I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's very helpful. Now, the one thing I will say is that you want to respond right away, but you also want to be wise Mm, because you want to think like, am I in a frame of mind right now where I can do this? Because like signing the letter, it was literally, I think you just signed your name. You you could do that. But like, let's say I had this critical email where I wanted to write back in kind of a thoughtful, open-hearted way. Well, I'm not going to do that at 11 PM when I'm exhausted because I'm not in the frame of mind where I can shape my words and my response in the way that I'm going to want to do. And maybe I even want to like let it linger and give myself Mm. a little time to think about it before I fire back. So this is not just like... It's a balance. It's a balance because you don't want to do things impulsively if they need to be carefully thought through or sort of timed with a consideration to like, am I really hungry? Am I in a rush? Like, can I? am I taking my time with something that I want to be thoughtful about, but not procrastinating? Yes. 
You know, a piece of advice Sarah and I got early in our career, which I think is, again, to the getting the negative out of the way as fast as possible, is if you have to fire someone, better to do it as soon as they walk in the room. Oh, So somebody said, if you're going to fire somebody, don't like have a whole pleasant conversation and then like build yourself up to it. You need the second they walk in, say something like, you know, this isn't going to be a good conversation or something to let them know like it's not working out. And we always, we haven't had to do it too many times, but we remind ourselves of that before the conversation. Right. And I do think it's for everyone, it's much better. Right. No, I think it's an easier kind of psychological balance on both sides. Right. Because you sides. don't want to like lull someone into yes. pleasantness. Right. They're thinking, oh, I think I might yeah. get fired. But now we're having this yes, great conversation exactly. about, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so um, and I think it's and it goes also, of course, for like any sort of unpleasant procedure, like yeah. dental work, yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like it's so true that the month in yes. your mind of like, oh, yes. I'm getting a root canal in a month is worse than the actual root canal. Well, I remember with your fibroids, like part of it was that you couldn't do it as fast as you wanted to. You had to wait because of like logistical things. And it was just like, gosh, I just want to get this over. I want to get past this. Yeah. And Gretchen, to that point, I had my fibroids taken out like on my terms. I was in control because I did plan it, even though I knew it would be unpleasant. Yeah. And if I had put it off. Kind of indefinitely, like, I'll deal with it in the springtime, in the summer, I'll do it. Yes, which I could have done. Yeah. It may have been taken out of my control. Because, like, for instance, those can start hemorrhaging. And I know Mm. someone that's happened to Ah. where suddenly she was in the emergency room (gasps) getting emergency surgery, unplanned, not with a doctor she chose, not at a hospital she necessarily chose. Um, And that happens a lot. So it's like by not dealing with something negative, yes. you can actually make it way more negative yes. and a much worse experience. Yes. So better to be in control of it yes. than to let it control you. Well, and sort of using that figuratively, you can imagine like in a workplace where if you keep postponing and postponing, events keep moving yes. on and something that might have been kind of a clean action yes. becomes more complicated yes. because events sort of are accelerating in ways that you didn't anticipate and that like make something much more complicated situation than you'd bargain for. And so there's just something about like, once you know, it's got to be done, pick your time and move forward. And then you'll just feel so much lighter and freer once it's over with. Yes. So let us know if you do try this at home and how dealing with something negative right away works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to everything related to this episode at happiercast.com slash 220. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack Gretchen discovered on her latest book tour. But first, this break. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. 
Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Okay, Gretch, what is this hack? This is a hack that everybody in the world has discovered except for (laughs) me. But in case you are like me and you are a late adopter, I wanted to say that I really now use electronic boarding passes. Mm. I have downloaded the apps for every airline that I fly with. I check in online. I get the electronic thing. And for years, I was like, I just like having paper. Like, what if my phone doesn't work? What if my phone learns out of batteries? And, you know, it just felt very iffy to me. And I liked having the piece of paper. And I was sort of in denial about, like, I, you know, it'd be like, I'd be, I'd have done an event. It'd be 11 o'clock at night. And I'd be wandering (laughs) around some hotel lobby looking for the business center. And then, like, the printer's out of paper. And, you know, it was always this thing to get the boarding pass printed out. Finally, I was like, I see everybody doing it in the airport. Like, why don't I just really try? And it was very hard to force myself because it felt like not having the safety net. And a couple of times, one of the things I did is I was flying with Jamie and I was Uh like, okay, this time we're not going to have paper because I felt like he's very resourceful. I'm not resourceful. So Uh I was like, if there's some kind of problem, he'll deal with it. I'll make him do it. And then I saw how it worked. So that kind of eased me into it. But it's so much easier. And also, if you use the app, like, you get all kinds of updates yes, and you have extra information. Yeah. It seems like, ugh, I don't want another app on my phone. But it, it actually is something that is really, really useful. Well, and can I point out, you can also do a screenshot of it if you want to just have it in another location. Or you can add it to wallet. That's what you I know. do. Because okay. I, I have an iPhone. You can add it to your wallet. So or screenshot. I just screenshot and like yes. texted it to myself so that I had it in numerous locations because right. I do have a fear of not being able to locate it. Yeah. So that's another just easy thing to do. Right. Well, and you also told me something that I didn't know, which is that they can always just print it out at the airport. Of course. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> So yes. anyway, yes, I know. I am not the friend. I mean, I feel like, is this even a hack? But it was for me. It really did make me happier. Stepping into technology. Stepping, make it work for you. Yeah. Um, now, listen, this is something I am so excited to talk about. It's a question from a listener related to the four tendencies. Yes, this comes from Neil. He says, I am an obliger and see many folks of great accomplishment as yourself to be upholders and sometimes rebels. Are you aware of any biographies or fiction books that highlight characters that you know or suspect to be obligers? I would like to read more about obligers. Now, Elizabeth, before we should go on, we should say, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you can go to quiz.gretchenrubin.com and take the free quiz. It will tell you if you're an upholder, a questioner, obliger, rebel, and explain a little bit about it. But we will just assume that people know what we're talking about for the sport tendencies tip. So, Gretchen, I think a lot of people ask you this question about what people in fiction are different yeah. tendencies. Yeah, or I mean, real life, yeah. Yeah, or real life, yeah. yeah. So go through some and tell us for all the tendencies, not just obligers. Okay. I will start with Game of Thrones because, you know, Game of Thrones season eight has just started. We're both huge fans of yes. Game of Thrones. 
And so here are some examples from Game of Thrones. And I should say, this is from the TV show. I have read the books twice, but I've seen the TV show much more recently. So I am referring to the canon of the television show. Okay, Okay, so Upholder is Stannis Baratheon. Mm. He's definitely an Upholder. He he thinks he ought to be king. The rule is he should be king. He doesn't even really seem to want to be Mm. king, but he feels like he has to be king. And he does all sorts of terrible things because he feels like that's what he has to do because that's what's right. Tyrion, who I believe is your favorite character. Yeah, he's a questioner. And he's the one who you really see saying, like, why are things the way they are and how can we do things better? He's really interested in efficiency and fairness. Jamie Lannister is an obliger. Okay, so Neil, you and Jamie Lannister. You and Jamie Lannister. Now, interesting, Cersei... His sister is a rebel. Mm. And this is a good example of when you have a pair of people and one is a rebel, usually the other one is an obliger. So Cersei's the rebel Mm -hmm. and he's the obliger. Daenerys, Targaryen, also an obliger. See, that's interesting because I think a lot of people would think she's a rebel. She's not, though. She's an obliger. You don't see her, no, because she's an obliger. Jon Snow is also an obliger. Mm. Yeah, now he seems like the ultimate obliger. Yeah. he's always just so put upon. Even, <laughs> you know, being brought back to life. Yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, <laughs> here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do my role. Yeah. But he shows you, like, how great obligers yes, can be. how heroic. How heroic they are. Yeah. And the thing is, one of the kind of the challenges of, that was fun to think about with Game of Thrones is, you know, we can't know what people's tendencies are from just seeing how they act. We have to know the way that they think. And with these characters, we have heard enough about the way that they think and see a pattern in their actions that can show their tendencies. But for some major characters, you can't tell. So Arya, for example, I'm like, is she a rebel who tips to questioner mm. or a questioner who tips to rebel? It's hard to tell. Like with Steve Jobs, I debated and debated. I had to read like 100 biographies of Steve Jobs before I decided he was a questioner who tips to rebel. Mm. I think that Arya is a rebel who tips to questioner. Mm, Interesting. Tywin, who's one of my favorite characters, he could be an obliger, but I think he's an upholder. I definitely get an upholder vibe from him. Maybe just because he constantly says things like, why can't people around here just like do what they're supposed to do? Which is a very upholder thing to yes, say. I think he's absolutely an upholder. You do? Yes. So you get the vibe. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But I, you know, there are people I can't tell. I can't tell Sansa. I can't tell mm-hmm. Varys. I can't tell Peter Baelish. I can't t- tell Marjorie. Mm. These are some of my favorite characters. And for the people out there who aren't Game of Thrones fanatics, yeah. Gretchen, who are some other famous tendency people? Okay. Like, upholder. Who are some upholders? Okay. Probably the most famous upholder in the world is Hermione Granger. Mm, Harry Potter. Um, Taylor Swift. I'm pretty sure she's an upholder. If you have read the masterpiece novel, The Remains of the Day by Katsuo Ishigura, the main character in there, the butler named Stevens, is an upholder. And I actually wrote a post, um, which I'll put a link to in the show notes, which is, I think this novel is a wonderful example of why being an obliger could be better than being an upholder in certain situations, how it could save you from certain kinds of outcomes Mm. in the way that obliger rebellion is meant to do. So I think that's a really interesting novel to think about in terms of like the strengths of being an obliger versus an upholder. I mean, if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, of course, Captain Raymond Holt and Sergeant Amy Santiago (laughs) are both upholders and they bond about being upholders all the time. So, and you said Steve Jobs, you've decided is a questioner. Steve Jobs is a questioner. Megyn Kelly is a questioner because I did an interview with her and she told me she took the quiz. (laughs) Um, Jane Eyre is a questioner. On the very first page of the novel, her aunt says, I hate questioners. Jordan Harbinger, if you listen to his excellent podcast, he told me he's a questioner. 
And then obligers, there's a ton, obviously. Now, Andre Agassi, who wrote a great book. Yes. Is an obliger. Yes. If you read his memoir, Open, uh, Neil, you will see um, you will see your tendency on display, you know, and obviously Andre Agassi is like uh, an extraordinary performer. Drew Barrymore, you know, we did an interview with mm-hmm. her. She said she was an obliger. Tiger Woods, mm. obliger. Well, that makes sense. Oprah, obliger. Yes. In the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. You will see George Bailey is an obliger um, who's going through obliger rebellion spectacularly. Similarly, Richard Simmons, if you listen to the terrific podcast, Missing Richard Simmons, which was our old— Henry Malofsky. Yeah, our founding producer worked on that. That's also an example of obliger rebellion. Tony Soprano, Katniss Everdeen, Princess Diana. If you read the novel Family Happiness by Laurie Colwin, that main character is an obliger who's in full obliger rebellion. If you're a fan of Rachel Hollis, Mm. it's quite clear that she's an obliger. So it's many, many um, famous obligers. Yeah. And it is interesting how so often in literature you want to catch an obliger when they're in obliger rebellion. That's yes. the interesting time. Yes, it's so dramatic. <laughs> yes, it often is portrayed. Oh, gosh. I hope I don't enter full-blown obliger rebellion one of these days. Well, you're an, you're an obliger who tips to upholder. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopefully safe. Yeah. And then, I mean, there is a very famous rebel in our midst, Trump. Yes, I think his detractors and his admirers alike (laughs) will comment on how he wants to do what he wants to do in his own way, in his own time. Picasso is a rebel. Moby, you know, we interviewed him a while back after he came. Yeah, with his memoir, Porcelain. He's a rebel. Chris Gillibo, our friend and the host of the brilliant podcast Side Hustle School, he's a rebel. Thomas Merton, he's a Trappist monk who is very famous to some people and not famous to other people. He's a, you're like, how can a Trappist monk be a rebel? Okay, well, I spent like a thousand pages writing about that and then deleting it from the four tendencies book. <laughs> Susan Sontag is a rebel. Here's a brilliant quotation that a friend of hers, Sigrid Nunez, recalled. She writes, I was concerned that arriving late would be frowned on, but Susan insisted this was not a bad thing. It's always good to start off anything by breaking a rule, mm. she said. Something you and I would never say. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, this was such a fun question. I love thinking about the four tendencies in action. Listeners, if you have any great examples of seeing the four tendencies in real life or in books or in movies, send them my way. I am keeping a giant document tracking the four tendencies in the world. Okay, Gretch, it is time for a listener question. And want to remind everyone that another way to reach us is to leave a voicemail question at 774-277-9336 or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. And this week's question is from Melanie. She says, I would love your thoughts on social media. We hear so much about how bad social media is, but you both appear to have a positive relationship with it. Do you have a philosophy that guides your use? Do you have tricks to keep it from becoming a distraction or is it just not an issue? How do you avoid the negative emotions associated with social media? Any hacks? Listen, this is interesting. This is not something that you and I personally struggle with that much. You hear a lot about it, but I don't think it's a big issue for us in our lives. No, I mean, if anything, I, for me, as I have mentioned before, it's like more of a time suck. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of like jealousy, envy, all of that, which I think a lot of people experience. Yeah. For me, it has pros and cons. I think I really experienced the pros of the sense of connection and like the easy links to other people who I otherwise wouldn't be connected to, like the kind of 
background information in people's lives. Like I really feel the benefits of it. And I feel like I don't experience the negative sides of it very much. Well, I think I really, and you also understand that people are just presenting their best selves or their fantasy selves. So I don't look at it and go, oh my gosh, look at them on the beach with their golden retriever. Everyone's wearing a crisp white shirt. Oh my God, I'm such a mess. I just think, okay, well, I can imagine the haranguing and the yeah. nagging and the <laughs> and the, the dog running yeah, around yeah, 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 and yeah. everyone being like, are we done yeah, yet? Yeah, are yeah, we yeah, done? Yeah, so yeah. I don't, I love seeing the picture, but I don't take it as, oh, they're these living a, this ideal life. Yes. You know, I just kind of automatically filter. Yeah. No, I do too. And I think it's because like when it's somebody that I know well, I know all that stuff because I know it from other parts. And so it just keeps reminding me, this is a snapshot. It's not the whole movie and not to read too much into it. Yeah. And I also think like maybe for Melanie, maybe she's on too much social media. Like I post like on Instagram mostly um, and everything else, I, I mostly just kind of, you know, read stuff. Yeah. So maybe if she kind of honed in on her social media, the one that's best for her, right. that she enjoys the most, that would help. Or maybe follow fewer people if she feels yeah. like it's creating kind of a cacophony in her head or creating kind of a vibe that she doesn't like if she really unfollows a lot of people. So it's just people that she's meaningfully connected with. Because I think when you're actually closer to people, you yes. don't, you're not as persuaded like, oh, they have this fabulous, yeah. perfect life because you know what the real life is. Well, and another good point, Gretchen, is I think there's a need some people have to follow people they hate. Oh, you know, and to like take in or the frenemy, you know, and so don't follow people that you don't like. If someone's posts make you unhappy, don't look at them. You'll never know they exist if you don't look at them. So it's like control your own intake. You control your intake. Yeah. Again, technology, good servant, bad master. So take control. But here's another thing to think about. If you are looking at people's pictures and they're making you feel envy, Mm. it's always good to say, why do I envy them? Because maybe the bad feeling isn't because of them. It's because you're thinking like, they always go on these great trips and I don't. It's like, well, maybe the answer is, well, maybe you need to plan a great trip. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, look, she's having a party. It's like, well, maybe you want to have more parties. Because sometimes the bad feelings are actually a very helpful kind of alert system yes, for us. that and, is true. And so really, you might, instead of, you might turn away from the bad feelings or you might say like, well, why are these giving me bad mm-hmm. feelings? Like, oh, their family looks so perfect and happy. Well, maybe I feel like I'm spending too much time screaming at my kids. Like, yes. I remember when I wrote The Happiness Project, a big thing was that I was like, I'm not being the kind of parent that I want to be. Uh-huh. I'm being too short-tempered. I'm being too sharp-tongued. Uh-huh. So that was helpful to realize that. And I think yes. sometimes when you see pictures where it's sort of presenting a different view, it can kind of make you have that feeling about yourself. Sometimes that is not helpful, but sometimes it could actually be helpful. Yeah. Instead of embrace it if it's showing you something instructive about yourself. I could even say the example I just used, the good picture on the beach. Yeah. I could say, well, Perhaps that's me noticing that I have not done a family portrait oh, oh, <laughs> and oh, I should. You oh, know what I mean? Because that's like, the example that automatically oh, springs to mind. And you're like, and yet, oh my that gosh. That is but... something I really need to do. Oh, so interesting. Just, See, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, this is a really interesting question. And I think it's something that a lot of people face. So if you have any good strategies or tips that have worked for you, please send them along. Because I think this is a place where we can all learn from each other. Absolutely. 
Coming up, I give myself a Game of Thrones demerit, but first this break. Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And Elizabeth, this episode is your turn to give a demerit. Yeah, so Gretchen, this isn't the most profound demerit, but it is one that I'm annoyed with myself for. Okay, yeah. Which is, I did not properly prepare for the last season of Game of Thrones. Ooh, now what homework were you supposed to have completed? Well, I really wanted to rewatch the whole series. Oh which, well, so many people are doing that. I yeah, mean, it's a lot it's, of time. But a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think millions of people yeah. are rewatching yeah. the entire yeah. show. I mean, yeah. I've seen it all over. I would have if I could have. And so I did not do that. I think partly it's like so much of it is so unpleasant. I just yeah. don't want to relive it. Yeah. But I at least thought I would watch the pilot because ah. I know the pilot sets up so much. But I didn't even rewatch the pilot. So mm. I just like came in completely cold, no refresher on who anyone is or uh, what's going on. You didn't even read like uh didn't read like, like yeah, uh, the compilation. Who are, who are, like, who nothing. Are they now? Yeah. yeah. You know, I love it so much and I wanna eke every bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um so you know, I yeah. failed. Yeah. It's time, you yeah, know, but I know that feeling like you're like, I would enjoy it more. If yeah. I if I brought more into it, I would get more out of it. And Game yes. of Thrones is definitely something like that where this, yes. there's a lot of subtlety. If I you, mean, you've read it numerous times, watched it numerous yeah. times. Our parents are on their third Our parents are so into it. It's so of, funny. We had like yes. a very long family conversation about the Iron Throne. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I would be better able to make my arguments <laughs> if I were more up to speed. But anyway, yeah. what is your gold star? Well, we were in Kansas City. Um, we all met in Kansas City because I was doing an event. So you very nicely came to and we had like a little family adventure. And we were walking around the plaza, which is a shopping district near where our parents live. It was so fun. I want to give a gold star to Kansas City Plaza because there are these giant Easter bunnies, kind of, I don't know. They, statues. Statues. They're kind of they, figurines. Figurines, but they're like six feet tall. They each have a name like Brian. Um, and they're just these bunnies. I will post a link in the show notes to a picture of two of our favorite bunnies. But they're exactly the same bunnies. Yeah, they put them out every Easter season. Yeah, yeah. and like, and it's like the, the kind of thing that you get such a yeah. huge kick out of when we, and, and I hadn't been home at this time of year for years. And so I don't think I'd seen the bunnies since like high school. Yeah, it's the kind of thing you forget they exist, I but then the forget. second you see them, it brings back your entire childhood. Oh my gosh. And I so. had this that wave and I'm so happy that Kansas yeah. City has just like didn't update bunnies. like yes. there's no like new like high you know <laughs> high death version of the bunnies it's the same old bunnies yeah. and we just got such a kick out yeah. of it that continuity with childhood yes. it's just such a pleasure sometimes to see these like you say I forgot I remembered yes yes and that is it for this episode of happier remember to try this at home handle something negative without delay let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thank you to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. 
If you like the show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. It really does help other listeners discover the show. The resources for this week, if you would like to connect with other Happier Podcast listeners or readers who enjoy my books, join my free app, The Better App. You can also join or create an online accountability group if you are an obliger like Daenerys Targaryen or Jon <laughs> Snow, who needs accountability. You can join the community on any computer at betterapp.us or look in the App Store for Better Gretchen Rubin. It's free. And if you are looking for an easy but personal gift idea, consider the gift of a podcast. Remember, you can print out the certificate that you can customize and give at giftofpodcast.com. Finally, we want to see you on our podcast live tour. I think there are still tickets left for Milwaukee and Detroit. Go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for everything related to the live events. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward. So have you mapped out the tendencies for other characters on like another show? Yes. Parks and Rec, which I'm obsessed with. Perfect examples. Upholders, Leslie and Chris. Uh-huh. Uh, Rebel, April, of course. Uh-huh. Ron is a questioner who tips to Rebel. And Obliger is the, you know, Larry, Jerry, Gary character and also Andy. <laughs> so we can watch them all all play out their tendencies in Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> yes. From the Onward Project. <laughs>